going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the All Pro Jaffa of PBP podcast, where we're bringing you the highly elevated sports talk for the highly elevated sports fan. I'm your host, JP, and alongside me, as always, the 610 beast from the southeast, Mr. Country K. I meet you all, people. Yeah. And uh, this episode brought to you by Popple, the number one digital business card platform for teams and individuals. Go to popple.co and use the promo code PBPFAMILY for 25 or 20% off of your order at checkout, Popple. We help professionals grow better ladies and gentlemen we have a show for you today the man you see on the screen here with us uh the lead production and uh announcer the voice of the a7fl coming with us to talk about yesterday's championship game ladies and gentlemen please welcome to the show mr matt ryan what's up matt hey nothing much jk <laughs> hey, standing ovation for that for that announcement. Yeah, uh, for those announcements yesterday, I'll not a, I'll not say because I'm illegally driving and uh, holding this phone, so oh. <laughs> I'm still at work yep. right now. Well, but let's yeah. Keep that. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Matt, I appreciate you for hanging out with us uh, to talk about the game. Uh, of course, we've been talking a little bit off of the show and stuff like that. Uh, uh, talking about. Uh, possible divisional uh, ownership things, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. What we really want to get to is the real meat and potatoes of the game, the championship game between the Trenton BIC and the Patterson U. Take us through the pregame. I remember the pregame show got me hyped, thinking, you know, watching you, Corey Hammond, and, um, and uh, goodness gracious. I, Big Rob Fabian. Fabian. There we go. Rob Fabian. Fabian. I'm so sorry. Fabian. I apologize, my guy. I apologize. Um, what was the 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 atmosphere like going into this game? Oh, it was. It felt like graduation day. It felt like the last day of school. Uh, me and the production team, we tend to get there between if it's a two game day or a three game day. We get there around eight a.m. We get to the stadium at eight a.m. We got in around 11, and the energy from the production staff and the commentary staff was a mix of excitement, uh, a little bit of sadness because it's the end of the year, and, you know, when you spend nine weeks traveling up and down the East Coast with people, uh, pulling productions out of thin air, uh, sometimes working in a stadium that the 1948 Yankees played in, which was a fun fact. Uh it was an awesome energy heading in there. Uh, if you take a look at our Instagram and our Snapchat, it's not on our Snap anymore, but it's on our Instagram. Me and Corey actually got a, a game of uh, catch-in. We actually ran a few plays. It was a good energy heading into the game. And talking with members of the BIC and the U before the game, because, uh, you know, when you work, this is my third season in the league, and when you work... Uh, with these guys week to week, you learn their stories, you learn about them. There's a kinship and a brotherhood in this league at the player level, and I, as an announcer, feel so lucky that to be accepted into that fraternity uh, across the league. It was a win. It's a, it was a make-your-destiny kind of day. Talking with players like Mo Ramadan, talking with players like Casey Fennessy, cornerstones of the U and the B.I. respectively. 
they knew how much was on the line, not just the $25,000, but also the legacy of the Patterson U to be the first, you know, team in A7FL history to win five championships uh, and three in a row, which is something we've not seen in this league. The U came close uh, early on in the history of the league. And they won back-to-back in 2020 and 2021. They could have won in 2019. That was another amazing A7FL championship game that exists on our YouTube archives. Me and Corey Hammond calling that one. But it was to answer the question you asked me 45 sentences ago uh, as I was bloviating. (laughs) uh, It was a great energy, and you felt like this was the biggest game of the year walking in. And then, obviously, the big story was it – it seemed to be, at least for novice people who have uh, who are new to seeing the A seven FL, like myself and and K and you know countless of other people who um, are coming across it and have the fortunate ability to be able to watch it. Um, it seemed like the story that came into it was Patterson. U has shown, I guess, for lack of a better word, dominance. Um, throughout their time in the A7FL and the BIC, this was kind of that passing the torch moment, I guess you would call it. Um, when with, with that type of storyline in the air, did Patterson you feel like they came into this that like they had something to prove? Like what was oh, the, the like the yeah? So I look at football in in eras. Uh, and you take a look at within those errors, the most dominant teams are able to beat you on both sides of the ball or beat you with the rushing and the passing. And it goes back to Paul Brown's Cleveland Browns of the All-American Football Conference and then later the NFL. When you're able to beat them in scheming, in coaching, in offense, in defense, and in special teams, you're if you have virtually no holes, the only thing that can stop you is yourself. The only thing that can really stop you is time. And for as long as I've been with the league and dating back to when Corey Hammond had uh, dark hair, uh, this league was dominated by players like a Kareem Moon, a Quattro Huffin, uh, Joel Jumpman Rivera. We had, you know, Pat Coburn, Big Smoke, the veteran presence of the Patterson U is what guided them to their last two championships. And when you're able to stop them on both sides of the ball and with Quattro Huffin's arm, on the fly, he could throw it 80 yards. If you see him in his throw-offs and he's feeling loose, you see him get a run of about 15 yards and launch that ball and it will hit the goalpost. On the fly yeah, from I, the 30-yard line. I was telling Kay, I was, we were looking at the throws going like, good lord, these guys are cannons. There's absolute yeah. cannons that are chucking the ball downfield that far. I was like, holy shit. Like, this speaking is of like- it, speaking of it, that one Patterson U throw-off where it went across the 25 and went out of bounds, oh, my God, that was crazy. That was crazy. Oh, at the end there, yeah. Yeah. It, there- yeah, that – there were too many times during that game where it's like, I, I don't have the, I have to find the energy to keep up with this game because I think it aged me. It was such a good game. And you have those as an announcer where you feel every part of your body just connected in this moment. 
and you are i am in the inevitable position of being my own producer uh shout out to alex soberman who is my co-producer but i'm also helping run the broadcast so right now not only am i focused on what's on my monitor what my two commentators are saying what my stats guy is sending me what all the different notes i have in front of me but it's like okay when's my next read when's my when's our next break how am i bringing this into break how am i bringing this out to break i'm thinking about the championship presentation and where we're going to do that you know all those things are going through your mind but then you have to be like it's first and 10 ball in the 25 yard line codrington with courage mosey set up at the tight end position so it's like you're you're it's like playing jazz when everybody's in a nine-four timing. I'm looking at it going like now, given that actual perspective, uh, you must have ADHD because you have the ability to just think of and see every <laughs> different oh, yeah. things and different pieces of information at the same time. Like hats off to you, my friend. Like my goodness. And can we? I mean, I, I just wanted to say it real quick. And there might have been some social media posts and everything. I just want to say when we joke and, you know, call things, it's all out of love and everything else like that. We, you know, we were saying it's the three-man commentary of Big E, Blake Shelton, and Mark Madden. You know, chilling here calling. Oh, oh seven, Mark eight, eight, Madden? Seven, you had to call, had to call me him. Mark Madden. That was of him. All a younger, the wrestling a younger Mark Madden. How that? <laughs> of that all the him. wrestling announcers that you could have thought of, to all the people who wrote for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, you could have called me the ghost of Myron Cope. You could have called me Mark Davis with better hair. You could have... <laughs> you could have made fun of my mama, and I wouldn't have been mad about it. But when you compare me to Notorious Troll and wrestling hater despite making a lot of money off the business, noted Carney Mark Madden, like, Ooh. that hurts my feelings. I'm sorry, man. I, again, it's all out of love. I, it's all out of looks. That's it. Not, not, not out of uh, uh, style. All right, now that now that's just even more offensive. No, <laughs> I'm a fat ginger, but I can die. bump better than Mark Madden. Oh God! Oh God! Oh God! Oh, oh man! Look me up when I used You're to manage I'm in done. the business. I could take a bump. Oh, ACH hit me with a suicide dive. Everybody thought I died. Oh, I was going to say, you, um, I, I had heard a little bit of that, that you have a background in, in professional wrestling. I was like, that, that's one I thing that we want a lot of our promoter for, for who? Catalyst Wrestling. You can actually watch us um, in Victorville, California on KBVB. You can watch us on Intrigue TV throughout the United States. We're on the Fight Network. We're also on Gas Digital Network. And every week we have episodes on YouTube. We have a TV taping this Saturday night in Brooklyn uh, at Chilo's in Chilo's Greenwood, 745th Avenue in Brooklyn, taking only $25. Jack Evans goes up against Colby Carino. The NWA World Junior Heavyweight Championship on the line and also a whole lot more action for you. Go to sabotage.bpt.me for tickets. I'm sorry, I had to do that. Uh, that, people, is a plug. It's a good, but how did, how did you get into, well, ba getting into actually announcing, whether it's professional wrestling and getting into the A7FL, how did it get to this, this point for you? Well, the, to go back, I grew up in New York City, uh, born and raised in Brooklyn, and I grew up listening to WFAN, you know, the impetus, the Osiris of this shit, basically, when it comes to sports talk radio. 
And that was my first love. Uh, talk radio was my first love. Grew up on a steady diet of Imus, Howard Stern, Opie and Anthony, Ron and Fez. You know, the major New York uh, talk shows and obviously Mike and the Mad Dog, uh, Steve Summers, the New York legend. And when I got into college, I was working at one of the best radio stations in the country, WKRB. And I was the play-by-play -play announcer for college basketball. I actually got to learn under Warner Fusell, who was one of the voices of This Week in Baseball. He actually replaced Mel Allen on This Week in Baseball. He gave me my first break to call pro sports, the Brooklyn Cyclones, uh, which are now the AA affiliate for the New York Mets. And from there, I worked in pro wrestling. I worked for the Federal Hockey League, which is now uh, like the FAPHL or something along those lines. But uh, I've worked in minor league basketball, and then I've been working in pro wrestling for over a decade. Uh, I've done work for Ring of Honor, GCW, a bunch of places across the United States. And I run Catalyst Wrestling. But about three years ago, I was working for a website called Fight Sports. I also work in the MMA space. I currently call fights for Vox Media's MMA Mania. So if you ever want to watch a UFC pay-per-view and watch me get drunk and yell at my television, please do that. Um, I, got a, I was uh, talking with a colleague of mine, and they put me in touch with David Isaacs who is one of the founders of the UFC and an advisory board member and executive producer of the American Sevens Football League. And we got to talking. Uh, I covered him joining the advisory board and, you know, put that up on Fight Sports. And we ended up talking about football. We actually, the first time me and him met, it was about a two-hour phone conversation. Um, and when you get two people who like to talk like David and myself, it is going to be a marathon session like this right now. Uh, I am talking at you and I'm sorry. I'm being a terrible fucking guest. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, I just, the more information and stuff we can get more stories, the better. That's what it's all about here. Be you, man. Do you. And we <laughs> talked on the phone for two hours talking football. And then I put together this basically like, here's what I would do with a football league. <laughs> And I built out this whole like case study, this whole treatise, and they brought me aboard as the announcer. And I've been calling games for the league since 2019. Uh, I wasn't around for the 2020 season, but in 2021 I came back. But initially it's just the producer. But uh, I was fortunate enough to get opportunities to get back on the mic. And ever since then, I've been the de facto voice of the league, uh, getting to work with great people like LJ Smith, Corey Hammond, Jack Bartek. Uh, Ike uh, and Ike Johnson and obviously Big Rob Fabian who came into the fold this year um, and I am a very lucky person because of not only what I've been able to accomplish in my life but the people I've been able to work with and the A7FL has been some of the best work and most enjoyable work of my professional career. Uh, just behind Catalyst Wrestling in importance to me uh, professionally because this is something special. Like when you hear me yell and lose my ever-loving mind on the air, like you, can, you can ask Corey, you can ask Rob, you can ask anybody that works with us or sees me in the booth. That is me reacting to these guys giving it everything they have. Because you have to understand, like, uh, tomorrow morning, these guys got to go to work. Like, we all got, we all of us got to go to our day jobs. We yeah. all have day jobs. 
but we spend our Sundays apostolatizing this league, uh, talking about how much we love it, dedicating ourselves to it, and being a part of it. And that, you know, I love things like that. I love the opportunity to be a part of the future of football. Uh, we talked about it off the air, and when you talk about the other spring leagues, there's talent there. There's undeniably talent, but they're trying to give you the same flavor of ice cream that you like, but in different packaging, and there's something missing. Like, like there's not enough milk. There's not enough sugar. You know, the, the chocolate isn't chocolatey enough. There's just something there. Like, it feels hollow. It feels like it's freezer burnt. Yeah, there's That's, there's, uh, there's name brand and then there's great value, and it's not even and it, and I don't like saying it like that because I don't want to denigrate those athletes, those coaches, the people who believe right. in the mission. No, 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 no. You're not wrong. I just I respect anyone who dedicates themselves to the sport of pro football. No, because no, of, that, that that's fair enough. No, but it's like you you can make that and it's a good joke and it's and it's an apt comparison in terms of the marketing and presentation of it. Mm. Which is like, you know, when you make those those skin layer, those like those the when you hit the epidermis of a concept. Right. That's and then, you don't stop digging, that's why it's great value because you're right. just getting enough to get skin deep and that's an indictment on the on the league, on the marketing but also the kind of the culture of pro football. Because the sport that has thrived most on technological and societal innovations over the last half a century, over a century, has been pro football. Basketball has caught up. Baseball refuses to catch up. And, you know, hockey's just trailing right ahead of baseball. And that's just because of market cap and a litany of other things. Hmm. There's no next L... There's been no next evolution of football. It's all been the Wildcat or players like Debo Samuel. Imagine if you had seven Debo Samuels on your team. That's the Trenton BIC. That, yeah, no, that, we were we were looking at that going like, <laughs> and it must be because it must be because of the fact that you know there's no pads to weigh you down or anything. Everyone just looks so much faster on the field and and while while we're on that point the first uh real big play of the game this is going to pop up right now we're getting back into the championship game you know this the, things were kind of teams feeling each other out. i don't know how much more feeling out you can do after playing each other twice already uh but after this play here things started to open up you guys check it out right here consider themselves eligible receivers third down codrington will get on his bicycle he will get the first down and more That's he will cut across so the field ladies and gentlemen is he trying Balls to make a away. house call Sterry codrington dial bye, four bye. for six touchdown bic and that dude it codrington Sterry codrington uh who yeah, Codrington. Cod like the fish, Rington. Yep. <laughs> that dude put on the afterburners on that play, and I was like, holy. And it was effortless. The dude was gliding yeah. while he was running, setting up the blocks and everything like that, and just taking off. 
doing like I was like, holy crap, this dude is just. We called them Frozone after a while. That's what it's starting to look like out there. <laughs> just with the hood on and everything else like that, and just faster than well, everybody else on the field. It was pretty wild. Still there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm sorry. My internet's being a little weird. Um, no, okay. Derry Codrington was a... He played secondary in college. That's the insane thing about Sterry Codrington is that he played secondary in college and then became a high school. They swim the secondary and then he gains all the, and this is his second season quarter. He is the presumptive ember. And the only, the other guy in conversation, that's not Quattro Huffin, who is going for his third MVP. What is a is Ashante Worthy, who's his number one receiver, the most dangerous returner in the A7FL, and probably the most dynamic player in spring football. When you get right down to the root of it, anytime you see Ashante Worthy with the ball in his hand in any way, shape, or form, it's must-watch television. It's about it's about to go viral. It went viral today. A play that thanks to Sports Center. Uh, catching the vibe. No one, no one, what, no one, what good football is, because yeah. I don't think you're going to see a lot of USFL highlights or USFL high, playoff highlights. And it's not a shade on them. It's not a knock on them. For all the technological innovations the USFL had, and I love what they're doing with drones and trying to create a different world. When the football is good, when the football gods are on your side, there's nothing better. And we're a not a we're a complicated game that's not that complicated. Right, right. No, it, it definitely and it's something fans like... want to see and fans need oh. to see. Well, well, there was something that we definitely realized with it too, because one thing that we were kind of noticing was around the field. We're having the visuals. You got the kids playing off to the side, playing their own game, and and you know just kind of there seemed to running on the field at times. Um, <laughs> just there seemed to be a very like family community aspect to that game. So we were looking at that, going like, oh, okay, yeah. so now we know not only is it a competitive game between these two teams, you know, we know in the aftermath of all of this, everybody's gonna you know have a good time. You know, it's all love at the end of the season but we're all going off and you know having a you know good community party or whatever it is afterwards there was that sense you know at least watching yeah. from where we were watching from from watching on on stadium and on youtube you know seeing that going like okay this definitely seems like a part game like where you would go to uh, uh like a turkey or turkey game or turkey bowl game you know, playing against each other on Thanksgiving and stuff with the families and stuff on the sideline, playing tackle football against each other. There's a very park um, community-driven aspect to this game that I don't think people are really realizing. Like, they'll look at the visuals and go, oh, man, these guys, like, you get the highlights in there all the time. Because I remember the first time I saw the highlights, dudes just getting lit up with no pads as well, going like, how in the world? 
are these dudes taking shots like this and still being able to get it? When it comes well, to the safety aspect of the game, we talked about it a little bit off air. It There's a psychological thing to it. When you have full gear, you treat yourself like a torpedo. When you don't have full gear yeah. on, you're a little bit more reserved in how you're going to hit somebody. You know, but what is it about this that sets it apart safety-wise compared to every other style of football? Well, you've got what makes it different. Obviously, you lose a third of the field, so we're playing from the hash, mar- the far hash mark to the sideline. It's seven on seven, and also we're a faster game. We, you know, we have TV timeouts because we're a television show, but our clock keeps running. So when you get, you know, at, while play is happening, while the ball is on the field, you see the clock running. The clock only stops after touchdowns on three-on-one throw-offs, or under two minutes in the second and fourth quarter if you run out of bounds or you make an incomplete pass. A lot of the things about sports, and especially about football, means you have to go, you know, people want a faster game. I love baseball. Grew up on baseball. I'm a Met fan for reasons I necessarily can't understand. And you go to a Met game, a couple of years ago, it was four hours. It was three and a half hours, and it's a night game, and you got to commute all the way back home on the train. That's not ideal, and it's not ideal for peop- for families to go to the ballpark and be there for three to four hours. Our games from start of broadcast to end of broadcast average about three hours, and that includes halftime. That includes commercial breaks. You're getting in. You're getting out. You're having a good time, and you're able to enjoy the A7FL from wherever you want to watch the A7FL. You want to watch it at the ball. Ballpark, you can watch it at the ballpark, you can watch it on stadium. We provide a litany of options because this is a game that deserves to be seen by as many human beings as possible, and we want to be an accessible game to everybody. Hmm. Absolutely. And then bringing it over, you know, down to the West Coast, or more like Northern California. Hold on, hold on, Josh. Hold on, Josh. Go ahead. Hold on, Josh. Got one one unrelated question while uh, while we're in the market. Uh, Matt, how in the heck are you a Mets fan when you're from Brooklyn? My grandfather's from Harlem, so I kind of know the landscape. How are you a Mets fan and you're from Brooklyn? Well, my first game was a Met-Dodger game, uh, and I got my ball signed by Bernard Gilkey. So I've been a Met fan ever since. I grew up in the (laughs) 90s, so it was tough in these streets. Uh, Shout out Bobby Bonilla. There's actually out of frame here a framed photo of Bobby Bonilla on my wall because he is the ultimate hustler and I love Bobby Bonilla. One of the, okay. not my favorite Met. My favorite Met is Tom Seaver, but definitely a top five ball player. I, and you know, just like I'm a Giants fan. I'm a Rangers fan. I'm kind of the traditional New York sports fan in that regard. But I just, you know, there's something about hating myself that really just made me a Mets fan. You know, just that, that the right amount of self-loathing. You, you cushion the blow with the Rangers going to the playoffs every once in a while. The Giants have won three chips in my lifetime, been to four. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> and they don't suck this year. No, not this year. Not this year, at least from what I've seen. We we stopped, We didn't want to cover it because I was – I mean, me personally, I was protesting the fact that Barry Bonds is not in the Hall of Fame. Uh, but, again, that's just – I agree my own thing and then like uh like you had said there's no real 
it doesn't seem like there's an urgency to kind of move with the times, like to really get better, to be more convenient mm-hmm. um, to the at-home fan. Uh, I mean, going to a game, yeah, it's a it's a better experience going to a game. I mean, if you want to break oh, the bank and you know pay a hundred dollars for a beer and a hot dog, by all means, go ahead. <laughs> but that's what pregame. I want to talk. I want to. I want to talk about the. I want to talk about the A7FL fans, though, because yesterday was it's our biggest game of the year, obviously our biggest crowd. And you could hear, if you heard at certain points people yelling and losing their minds, that was coming not just from the camera mics, but coming over our mics. Like they were, the sound was so prevalent that it, we, we do the broadcast from the basement of the stadium. We don't do it in the press box because we yielded that press box to the spiders many years ago uh but like actual spiders it's a, it's a long story but we we do the games in the basement mainly because it's convenient for equipment and it's right next to the bathroom and if you ever have had to do three games in a day oh three games in a day no i've done you, i've done a couple i've done one but no no three games in a day yeah, yeah you, the, the you commercial access, breaks. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a there's a there's a. How long is this break? Two minutes. Cool. I'm gonna go to the bathroom. <laughs> when you when you see those two minute breaks, just assume one of us is in the bathroom. <laughs> and I'm sorry for that visual. I'm terribly oh, sorry I for mean, that visual. Hey, it's it's giving the visual of reality of people who are calling games because I've heard stories. Uh, and I've seen them because we we've uh, this last year we we've been fortunate enough to uh, get field passes and go cover San Jose State. And when we were there, and I was in the press box looking at how everything was run. That was the thing. You know, you see the announcers for the radio, you see the announcers for the school, you see the national announcers, you see everything, and then. You know when those commercial breaks hit because the screens are there. And as soon as they hit, you see every single one of them getting up to find a bathroom real quick. You know, because those games can go on, you know, especially college football with stopping yeah. after every first sound. Those and, can go and on the, for a And while. the people, the unsung heroes of that are. Yeah. The, the unsung the heroes of people. those are the produ- the production staff. And shout out to. Yeah. Yeah, not just not even just the camera people. And shout out to Jared Wright and John Kay and everybody at the A7 who does our cameras, Pat and Dan. Uh, they have to. They have to. They take the worst of it. But also the guys in Chicago uh, at Stadium who had to do the playout because you can't leave because you don't know if there's going to be a break. Um, a, you know the the sideline lawyers are going to come out and adjudicate a few things. Uh, the, they've got their rule books in hand. Um, the letter of the law in the A7FL is is a it's an interesting parable, but uh, the that's the fun part of this league, and also these games fly by. I mean, yeah, this that had to be like because the the great thing about this this game was when I, I mean, I was so invested from from start to finish with this game that eventually I looked up at the clock going. Holy crap! This game has gone for four hours. Like yeah. th- there's a, I mean, there's a lot that's gone into this game. There's a lot of, there were quite a bit of penalties. There which, was at which, one I mean, point. I guess the rules. 
the rules was, I need to get used to. So yeah. I didn't understand what some of about, those penalties were for. I believe, according to my audio engineer, John Giovanni, there were 25 penalties, maybe closer to 27 to 29 penalties in the game. Which that, is a lot. Yeah, that's, that is, well, that is guys, uh, get in the game. I, I would say it's closer to 5 to 10. Um, a lot of it is false starts, you know. Uh, as a New York Giants fan, witnessing their offensive line the past couple of seasons, I've seen my fair share of an inordinate amount of false starts. But, there, you know, it, it's a different game when you're snapping yourself and you're not snapping from a center. The entire rhythm is off. And no matter how long you've played in this league, I think we're all kind of assimilated and taught this different cadence, this different scheme. So no Watch matter if ball. you're in year one, yeah. It's a completely different thing that you have to train yourself on. And, you know, some of these guys play flag or semi-pro in the offseason. So they're also just used to that traditional setup as well. So it just makes it a little bit harder. And I think that's something that the more the league grows, the more these athletes grow, the more the rules are completely codified and unified across, you know, all of our divisions. We, we expanded in 2022 when we're expanding in 2023. Uh, Boston is on the list. I know a few other cities and a, new, a few other spots. Uh, Reno, uh, the Nevada division is expanding into Reno, so I'm excited about that. Um, and excited to see, uh, you know, Cincinnati build out. We had Cincinnati this year. We had Florida. Uh, we had uh, Nevada. We had Southern California. And next year we'll have Boston. Yeah, I mean, that actually just baffled me to get to go from five to ten to almost 30 yeah. penalties in one game. That's yeah, that will explain the, the time difference and extension and everything, because it looked like there were a few. Well, there were a few things during that game as well that they needed to review. Yeah, which made sense considering how close everything was and. There was one point where I kind of thought BIC was going to start running away with things. Mm. And then Patterson used defense just, we're going to shut this down and give our offense some time to be able to come back and recuperate. And they did just that. They kept it very interesting. And they kept the pressure on BIC really the whole game um, up until the end. And we, <laughs> I have a video of it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is probably one of the most exciting and, like, you can feel yourself during the review, like, you know when the adrenaline goes away and you start to feel almost a little sick? That's kind of what happened after this play. Let's get it right here. Here, Dot Boss is right in the middle of the field for the tie. V12 is on that side, too, man. got talking over with Huff. Well, jump man review at the top of your screen. Demart. The throw keeps it alive. Oh gets my it God! Did he get? They got gets it. They got it. Kevin Dyson revisiting. Oh my goodness! It. And there it is, Chris Hunter. Wow! Dakari and every cap, every P caliber what? play when it counts. Dakari Mims ties the game. What and are also we witnessing? To the man who runs the day to day, Shinner. Now, <laughs> when we say the adrenaline came down is because if you really see it, 
Yeah. I kind of saw it on the initial, like, when it was actually happening. When he extended out, I was like, I think his knee hit. I was like, I think his knee hit before he crossed the line. Then the ref came in, gave the touchdown. I was like, oh, this is going to get very interesting. Yeah. And from the two camera angles that we saw, it was really hard to see from the camera angle coming from behind. From the one up front, from the way I kind of saw, I saw his right knee go down before he goes the line. You yeah. guys pointed out his left knee. His, I think his left knee had gone out, gone down as well. But in the booth, I know you guys were going nuts. I think you, you can obviously hear that during the audio of the whole thing. Once that happened and you kind of started to realize what was going on and what was being done, at that point, what was going through your guys' mind? I'm thinking, oh, man, this is going to be the most talked about thing from these players for the next 12 months. Like, this is going to completely either codify or nullify the the championship reign of a team, and it's going to create a, a lot more conversation. Uh, and this is before I saw the replay, if they called this one back. But as soon as I saw the knee hit, I'm like, okay, all right, that's clear. That's concise. You know, there's still a lot of time left on the clock. We'll see what happens. But while I'm thinking, oh, man, like, we've got to figure, we've got to talk about the re like Texas shootout rules. we got to figure out how they're going to do overtime. Like, you're thinking in the back of your head, oh, this could be, we could be here for a while because both of these teams did not want to give up. They did not want to surrender. And when it comes down to a white patch of grass and one knee, like, you you can't write any given Sunday, any football movie, you know, any sports movie. You can't make stuff up like that. And you hear me yell, Kevin Dyson revisited because it looked like he crossed the plane and he didn't go down. And then, you know, yeah. the football gods, and we talk about it, you know, the football gods, you have to respect the football gods or they're going to, if you respect the game it respects you and both of these teams did but the something about the BIC that day really really shone through and I think was one of the big reasons they were able to make that stop Alex Verardi who is my pick and I think will be the consensus pick for championship MVP we're going to announce that a little later this week on social media he had over um, nine tackles how many sacks did like, he have too because he was he he I know he had a few three to four he had it. He had at least yeah, three. Monster, if I, yeah, <laughs> he's got that dog in him. You know, like like Zach Wilson at a, his mom's PTA meeting. He's got that dog. Oh man, oh man, that's a whole mess and a half right there. I can't even begin oh, to. It's <laughs> a whole mess and a half oh, right there. But I mean, was not ready for that one. Oh, it was going to be said at some point. We're going to be talking about it at some point today. But that that whole, it, when it comes down to game of inches, that's the def enough definition of it right there. Literally an inch away from the goal line for breaking yep. the plan for it being, you know, two. And then, and then the throw-offs, essentially pinning the yeah. BIC at the, what was it, the two-yard line, one, two-yard line, like oh my yeah. there's just after a penalty so much it yeah. just so much that went into 
the last 10 seconds, really, of the game, that was just, it was one of those games that you looked at it and go, it was a great example of what the future could be. And we've talked about it here. We talked about it on social media. We talked about it a little bit with you guys yeah. um, off air. That this, we really, you know, people talk about, oh, flag football might be the thing. You know, flag, flag football, we'll leave that to the kids, you know, in, in PE at school. We'll leave that for that. But when it comes to being an Olympic sport and bringing football, the game of football, to the Olympics, I think this is it. The A7FL is the style, is the way for that to be accomplished. I really do think because, you know, like you had said off air, the sevens is very internationally appealing, especially when it comes to like the sport of rugby, you know, things like that. It's very relatable internationally. So it's perfect already there. Internationally, football, the game of American football, is something that, is growing in popularity and is, you know, they have the European leagues. They still have the Canadian league. They have, you know, all these leagues all over the place internationally. They have them in Japan, China, all the, you know, so appealing to that, this sort of backyard style football, seven on seven for the Olympics. I think it's the calling. I think that's, this is where it's at. I mean, I'm sure this is a goal for you guys, but for right now, what do you guys plan to um accomplish in the next few years well you know there's uh, our start engine campaign right now the a7fl we've entered our second round of equity crowdfunding and if you want to invest uh in what i believe is the future of professional football and the future of uh sports in this country um you can go to startengine.com slash a a7FL buy into the league. We've got an early bird thing going up until Tuesday to where you get a bunch of great savings. You can learn more of that about that again at startengine.com slash A7FL. Uh, I think the the concern is to grow the game, grow the league. Uh, the more markets we're in, the more divisions, the more times we can get a chance to speak with you guys and more people like you who love football, who want to be a part of football, and, you know, the, the, the bigger leagues don't have a place for them. The bigger leagues don't have, give them a voice, don't give them the, the chance to be a part of something big or bigger than themselves. I'm a kid from Sunset Park section with my buddies, and this is that evolved. And, you know, grow up playing NFL Street. And I think getting into Northern California, you know, getting the Stockton slaps off the ground, which would automatically become my favorite A7FL franchise, or even bringing, it to Oak- bringing football back to Oakland would be a dream for me. Uh, but it's the, uh, turning the A7FL into the elite alternative, not competitor, alternative. Mm. And despite, you know, anything you see that's pro football-wise throughout the spring, no matter if it's this year or next year, you can't really call yourself an alternative if you're not providing an alternative. And that is what we provide. We are the gritty, heart-filled soul of pro football. We are the heart 
of what pro football was, is, and can be, in my my opinion. No, we, we definitely we definitely see it, and it's something that you know. Again, it's we've seen bits and pieces of it. It sparked our attention of something you know. Again, because something outside of the NFL, and for us being a sports podcast. Having something to cover other than the big three is is beneficial for us because it gives us more to talk about, and it's something for us to be able to give the listeners and the viewers something extra, something new, something different to be able to kind of invest your time in. Hey, the NFL season's over. You're you know itching to watch some football. Boom, you got this right here. Be able to take all that time up into the end. It's entertaining. It's fast paced. It's everything you want in the game of football, you know, backyard style, you know, right here for you. And like I said, we've been what we've seen and what I'm pretty sure that we're going to continue to see um, is a growth of the unexpected. Because a lot of people's eyes is on the USFL and the XFL you guys are about to come in with some sort of, you know, three piece combo that's going <laughs> to actually change the game. Right. I honestly believe that, you know, you know, that may be entertaining. They may have, but what you guys have brewing. And I was telling Kay, I was like, one thing that might fix the problem of players stepping out of bounds on the hash line mark is getting a field customized for your game. Of course. You know, we need to figure out how to get that done. <laughs> yeah, if so, we if we had you know if we had fan control money, then we would be able to do things like that. I'm, yeah, I, no, I actually we, do we, like the guys over at Fan Control. I, I I like I really enjoy uh, the concept behind that, and really enjoy the the passion that everybody over there has for the game. Yeah, and and one thing before we let you go, one thing that we noticed that myself and Kay could not stop laughing at was I Ken Stansberry? Is it Stansberry? Kenny, yeah, Kenny Stansberry. Watching him walk out onto the field to argue with either a ref or a player with a cigarette in his ear <laughs> is the most <laughs> fucking ball of shit. I have ever seen in my entire life. Like, who is going to tell that man something? Walking out there with a cutoff shirt, muscle teeth, with a championship belt and a cigarette in his ear. I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe I had seen it. But I was like, this is the type of stuff that can bring, you know, almost a comedy view, you know, to almost a relatable as well. You know, because I'm sure there's people in the park all the time, you know, watching the game with the kids and stuff like that, hanging around with a cigarette, you know, smacking a pack right there in the corner. You know, so seeing that, dude's an all-time legend. That's, <laughs> that, that, that's the thing is, like, that's football at its core. Like, you know, we, we're not going to have – we don't have coaches in suits or, you know, quarter zips. 
we have Kenny Stansberry. And I'd rather <laughs> have a Kenny Stansberry than an Urban Meyer. You know why? Because a Kenny Stansberry will go out onto the field and adjudicate with an official because he believes in his guys. And he will ride or die with every single player on that roster. Whether it's an Ashante Worthy, a Jonathan Soltis, a Casey Fennessy, you know, a Trey Cohen who did a standing flip with no hands yesterday after after the championship game because his mom told him to do it because I was there on the field. I, I oh. you know, <laughs> uh, and, and Carnell Wachter's mom, Mrs. Wachter, uh, shouting me out and, and getting the invite to the Wachter barbecue and getting invited to the cookout made me feel really good about myself, mainly because I, I love me a cookout. Uh, look at me, for God's sake. I love anything we, that we We knew cook. that we were talking about it, too. Kay is like, oh, there's about to be a cookout after this game. For sure. <laughs> He's like, there's going to be a cookout for sure after this game. And that was because of my that. eight years. My eight years of semi-pro just looking at the game like, yeah. They're talking trash, but it's not like aggressive trash. It's like it's competitive. Like it's Yeah, really no, these guys like, love this shit. Yeah, it's really competitive, and that's what that was the thing that drove me, drove me to it. Drew, damn it, I'm having a bad day today. English is <laughs> not my friend today, but anyway, uh, yeah, that drew me to the league. That just seen on you, uh, um, damn, on Instagram, seeing YouTube, how people interact yeah. and stuff like that. Well, I, I mean, I saw it on Instagram first before I even got to YouTube. Like mm-hmm. that's kind of what pulled me in. And then I was like, all right, let me check this out. Like, then I went to YouTube. Then I start watching games and stuff like that. And I pulled these guys in. So I, I really feel like I really seriously feel like this league is the best thing that happened to me outside of like NFL. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Because it's like it's so entertaining. Like I watched the USFL, but it's not as entertaining as even NFL. Like at all. At all. Like, not even close. Like, you'll have a couple of teams that's pretty solid. Like, Birmingham, they were really good in the uh, USFL. They were really good. But they weren't as entertaining as a team like Philly with Cookus, Case Cookus. Like, he was entertaining. Not giving them yeah. too much credit, but but that's it. Like, I can name at least five people that I watched yesterday that is more entertaining <laughs> than that whole league. You know what I mean? Like Hollywood, Kurt. Hollywood, Courage, I love the nicknames, by the way. Yeah. Special K? I'm I'm sorry, bro. Come on, bro. Ice cream truck? Oh, the ice cream truck. Okay. Who gave him that name? He has had, I believe LJ Smith gave him that name. He's had that name long before I got here. (laughs) Because we look at him and we're like, yeah, yeah, we see an ice ice cream truck. That's exactly, that dude is a load. That yeah. dude is an absolute load to take he, down. He ran fifty yards <laughs> on a on downhill. I was te- I was telling Kay. I actually thought about it. Going, if he would have actually decided to plant his foot and go in instead oh, yeah, of just no, continued, we, there's no way he would have gotten brought down one on one. No, he he. We we noted it on the replay. If he cut in a few seconds earlier, he would have had that lane, and he would have been able to score. And just imagine if that was the ending of the game, if if the deciding play was the ice cream truck, or if Sterry Codrington had to drive it from the two yard line to try All to win that down. game. Yeah. No, that he would, just... and he would have done it too. I think they would have done it. I think there was. Nothing standing in the way of the BIC except for them. 
in those last two heading in that last two minutes and yeah, no, you know the football got the football gods had their back i mean brothers in christ i guess it, it's kind of a given you know it has to be something that <laughs> you know you got to put it in the name and you got to you know <laughs> let them know how the football guys is hey you know football. it's almost like tim tebow's running the team for a second well hey, okay <laughs> no our quarterback can throw no, dude, that guy's got a fucking cannon. Cannon you for an arm. You missed that shot. I did not. No, I, I, no, 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 no. I said Tebow based on the fact of the religious value of it. That's the only one. I said, said the not for athletic value. I, Quattro is yeah, much more athletic than Tim Tebow is. No, what I will say, though, is. Well, he, that usually happens. Go ahead. Do that one more time. <laughs> no, I, no. It is. Like I can see why dominant. I can understand why they were so dominant just based on how everything went down. I will say this: no shots to the quarterback. I feel like if they had a different quarterback. They probably would have won that game. I don't know, man. Like, I, I don't know. Like he's the, a different he's... quarterback. Times. No, he so, he's got he got them out of so many jams in that game and in this season. I will never shade Quattro Huffin as as long as I am alive because that man is the greatest quarterback in league history, and you know he he didn't have he didn't have the protection at certain points, and that was a problem all season. He actually got sacked uh, at one point m- combined the same amount of times as the quarterback for the rare breed OG Buck. Uh, and uh, Raheem Cheney and Sterry Codrington on games of the week. He was sacked 12 times uh, in the regular season and then six times com- each for uh, for Cheney and for Codrington. So to get sacked that many times and still be able to make it as far as they did, like, yeah, get, I mean, you got to put the ball in his hand. He showed some frustration and stuff like that with the offensive line at certain points. Yeah. Um, especially at the end there because – in crucial times, you know, you, you just – you can't – you cannot give up, you know, certain stacks and everything else like that during that game. But overall, man, like from the announcing, from the trophy presentation to, you know, the, the pregame stuff, the game itself, everything about this league just – you know, screen and I said it on social media. It just screams intensity and it screams what the future of football is going to be. Like you know, like you had said, this is definitely something everyone's going to start looking into. I feel like getting the 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 game, the championship game out uh, to as many people as we possibly can. You know, to get the word out is definitely going to give a, a good impression, not just on the product on the field, but everything around it, like how hard everyone in the production room and everything like that is working. You know, you said it yourself, all the different things that you have to monitor and deal with just by yourself, you know, having everybody work together to be able to bring, you know, the value of the game up. It just speaks volumes to what you get, what you guys have. And it's just absolutely, uh, we cannot wait to see where this goes. And, and and we'll we'll clip it, we'll call it there. Now once it gets to, to the Olympics, we'll be like, Hey, we've been telling you guys forever. 
you know, Matt Ryan was chilling there. The announcement Matt Ryan was chilling there with us when we said that it was going to be in the Olympics. Yeah, so we we are we already know where what the potential of it could be, but um, what you guys are doing, you know, like I said, it's it's uh, it's eye opening, it's entertaining, and it's uh, surprisingly safe, which is you know one thing that I, I've talked mm-hmm. to a couple of people about it when it comes to like the investing opportunities to possibly bringing that Northern California division that we had talked about, um, you know, that was one of the main concerns because that's a main concern um, in regular football, concussions, you know, injuries, all that other kind of stuff. So me having to explain to them, you know, especially the psychological point of would you yourself feel like if you have protection that you can be invincible and then once it's off, you feel reserved, or do you feel like you can be a human torpedo at any point without any repercussions? You know, the psychological aspect of it, you know, people play rugby and they seem to be just fine with that. You know, so the whole aspect and everything of this game is uh, if we financially can't be able to bring it to Northern California, we need to find somebody who does, and we need to bring the, the whole – you guys want to do it as at least right now kind of like that collegiate platform where you got like the conferences and the divisions and then bring it all together for one like march madness style tournament or how is that the the way it's going to stay or do you guys have different plans like based on expansion will kind of determine how you guys go with that I feel like it's, I, I can't answer for President Ryan DePaul or CEO Shannon Corcuses or anybody on our board or advisory board. But, you know, it, it all depends on where the league grows. I think that's the great thing about our league right now. Um, not only the level of play is evolving, the level of athlete we're seeing in this league uh, is evolving, but the future of the league, where we see this in the next year or two years to where these conferences are and the way we decide a champion and the way we decide a playoff, it feels it's a living thing. It's a living organism. It's going to take shape and take and change. And I think any great sports league, and you're seeing with the NBA with the play-in tournament, to evolve the game and make it more palatable for fans, to make it more engaging for fans, you kind of have to find the the thing that drives it home, and the thing that drives everything home are rivalries. Yeah. Patterson, you and Trenton BIC played each other five times over two seasons. Four of those five games were cash games or division title games or championship games. That, to me, is more engaging than Duke, North Carolina. It's more interesting than Red Sox, the Yankees, because these are two teams that have played against each other at high school level, collegiate levels for some of them, and now at the A7 level, and you guys just keep running into each other in the division <laughs> championship and then in the championship again. It's like, it's when Harry met Sally. It's the will they, won't they. It's the Sam and Diane. You don't know what's going to happen, but you know somehow, some way, these two things are going to connect together. They're magnetized to each other. And I think that that's a great rival, the great thing that you can see burgeoning in a rivalry. And we're seeing it in California with the Los Angeles Aces and the Las Vegas Force. 
you know, that's what the championship game out there came down to. We're seeing it in Florida with the Tampa Nightcrawlers and the Tampa A-Team. Uh, they had a great Florida championship. I think we're going to see a lot of great action coming from our Cincinnati division, uh, our Cincinnati teams, and we see the starting to see these shake take shape. You know, the D.C. Buzz were a pretty solid team last season. Uh, it'll be exciting to see what Boston brings to the table and how that affects the geography of everything. Like, there's so many ways this this league can go, and I'm just excited to see what happens and what steps we take to see the other side of 2023. So in 2023, whatever happens on our end, we are going to be there to be able to cover it in some way, shape, or form. We want to bring more of it uh, to the listeners and to the viewers because, again, we, we believe in what you guys got, and uh, we want to help spread that message ladies and gentlemen of the Jaffa army and newest member of the Jaffa family you welcome anytime my friend you want to come Thank on you. shoot the shit talk some football you are doors always open uh you and anybody else there at the a7fl want to come on and talk about it uh the open platform for you guys much obliged my friend excited to talk in the off season and excited to talk at the start of the next season Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, Matt Ryan. Appreciate you, Matt. Appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Soon. See you soon, guys. Yes, sir. Oh, man. Uh, so, you caught him very early, dude. Huh? I did what? You caught him, you caught him early. He was saying, I didn't cut him. His goodbyes. I didn't cut him at all. I didn't cut him at all. Oh, it just came on my end as a cut, man. Yeah, yeah, oh no, he, he is, cut the. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. He he exited the thing and everything like that. He, I never touched it. Yeah, yeah. He that said he said stupid. goodbye and all that. He said talk to us later and all that. But hey, I feel like I gotta time it ahead of time a little bit because of how slow my shit is sometimes. You know, but hey, it is what it is. But, ladies and gentlemen, that uh, conversation helped brought to you by Ray's Energy. You guys already know the best energy drink on the entire planet. And you guys know I'm not fooling because it is, once again, the top energy drink. Uh, when it comes to the clash of the Cans championship, um, that was all for uh, race. Because, look at it, it's the best. Uh, go to repsports.com, R-E-P-P-Sports.com. It's the promo code Alpha Race for 15% off of your order. And demand more. Join the race rebellion. We appreciate Race for being with us this entire time um dude what a fucking conversation man like to be able to go over the over the game and what he does and what all of them you know that they're doing over there at the a7fl bro that that shit's impressive like i'm actually i'm excited to see uh, next year and the year after that and everything else I could be able to cover these dudes because this shit 
was entertaining as hell. As you can see with some of the plays that we showed you um, earlier, the excitement and everything that went into uh, the championship game, um, it was impressive, man. What were your thoughts of the whole thing as it, from what you were seeing, what were your thoughts of the whole thing? Um, that, that, like I said, this was the greatest thing happened to me outside of NFL. <laughs> I was dead serious, bro. Like this was the greatest thing happened to me outside NFL. And, uh, the US, like I was saying, I'm like everything I said was like spot on how I actually feel. You know what I mean? Like. USFL is good, but like I said, like Birmingham won, but my favorite player in that shit is Chase does uh, Case Cook. Well, maybe fragile, but he that little fucker showed heart, man. The heart he showed on that field, the heart he showed his team and to get him to that point. Huh? That's why I was like, I didn't understand the other guy's story. I was like, while I was saying there's no shot to him. But in that game, I felt like they needed a different quarterback. But after Matt explained the whole season. I changed my opinion and I apologize. One <laughs> I'm sorry. You deserve to be in that game. You deserve <laughs> to be in that game. Like going to a shitty old line, essentially. This like, was essentially what happened with Cincinnati and the Rams. With the Bengals and the Rams. This is essentially what happened. Patterson, you made it with a bad offensive line and great quarterback play. And, bro, that's why I said, off of me watching Patterson, what, two games I think I've seen him? Like, two games maybe? That's what I told you. I said the offense is like, uh. But their defense is good. That's what I said. That was my first synopsis when you asked. I was like, Patterson's defense is good, but their offense is up. And that's why. Their offensive line, man. And we, 30, it makes sense. 32 to 30, the final score. The two-point conversion was taken away because the knee was down just before. Um, he can get the ball uh, over the line, and that was just again. You guys can go check it out, A7FL over on YouTube and on all of their social media platforms to be able to look at highlights and everything that went down on Sunday. And they pretty much have the entire 2021 or 2022 season in the video archives. You can watch every game. Pretty much broke down into highlights. It's about a 45-minute video that you'll be able to see the highlights um, for every single game. So go check that out. Go support them. Go, you know, invest. Do whatever it is you can to help these guys out because what they're doing, we're not kidding. And how many times have we talked about this shit on the show and been right about it and it be picked up by fucking ESPN and everybody else? Okay. How... We can go from episode one to now and count how many times our conversations and our predictions have come to fucking fruition. Ooh, so I'm letting you. Damn guru. This is saying, like, all the shit, you know, that we have, have, have called. Have we been wrong on things? Of course. Of course. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's going to get everything right. But the majority of the things actually, like, make sense. We're pretty spot on. And like you said, when we see this game, this is the answer to the football question for the Olympics. The, we have been talking about how to get football into the Olympics for a long time on this show. There have been a, a, a few episodes where we talk about how the fuck we're going to get. And flag football seemed to be the way 
but not really the way that was going to have longevity in the sport. Now with the A7FL, that makes it much more uh, presentable and viable as an option for the Olympic t- Committee to actually stand up and be like, okay, I mean, we have rugby in the Olympics. That's fine. Same concept. It's just American football. You know, it's got rules. They got, they'll probably have to have uh, tweak the rules for like international purposes or something like that. But at least they have the groundwork to be able to have that. And, you know, they're being covered by, they're being covered by Sports Center. They're having highlight plays and stuff like that on Sports Center all the time. Like you just said, the, that viral video that happened with uh, Hollywood on his kick return a couple of games ago that just, you know, hit 3 million views and everything like that on Instagram today, just today. Okay. So this is not a league that you need to be sleeping on. This is a league that you need to be awake and watching. Uh, So appreciate Matt Ryan um, for coming on and talking about the game and giving his own little personal background and his views on everything like that. Great guy to talk to. Can't wait to talk to him more. Um, we touched a little bit on it during that conversation, but uh, what do you think about the whole Zach Wilson situation? That's some of the funniest shit. I'm not going to lie to you, bro. I've seen this situation a thousand times in my actual life. Not being a part of it, but I've seen it from a distance. And I think... <laughs> That this is it, that this is the NFL. I think Zach Wilson should honor, should get an honorary City Boy Award. <laughs> Zach Wilson, if 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 I can afford it, I'll probably buy one of those Jet jerseys, bro. What's your name, bro? When this story came out, I was like, yeah, maybe he is Joe Namath. Like, <laughs> and then. And then I was like, "Wait, you went to BYU?" I'm like, "Damn, these Mormons are crazy." I'm like, "What the hell is going on here?" And then so many different things started popping up. So many different points of view on the situation and everything, mostly positive um, for Zach Wilson. His high school prom, he took both of you know head cheerleaders. He took two of them with him. He's got the fit. so it's not like this is anything new for Zach Wilson, but like. His mom's best friend, like, oh, oh, damn, that makes sense. She over the house, she over the house. To think about it, Zach Wilson looked like a type that a kid. Zach Wilson looked like a type that his parents let him drink at home, though. You know what I mean? At an early age, like he get fucked up with his parents and her they friends shit. The mama don't pass out. The friend like, Zach, carry me. And Zach don't got a face full of titties. <laughs> that, little, that little thing got hard. And she like, all right, now, nah, a couple years, you might, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, Zach said, all right, I'm going to hold you to that shit. Now, all right, now, that motherfucker got down. He don't became one of the top quarterbacks in college. Oh, came back. Oh, she's like, oh my god, Zach, you don't out. They don't got drunk again. Zach don't crack. Bro, that was so. Just hearing it and seeing it and everything, like, and the ex girlfriend just 
hella out of nowhere with it. Just kind of like, where oh, you got a cop sleeping with his mom's best friend? And everyone was like, hold on, what? Fuck your relationship. What the hell did you just say? <laughs> what are the words that just you, that you just texted? Hold on, let me screenshot this. What? Like, <laughs> like this shit doesn't. That's why I look at it going like, oh, well, I guess he, uh, I guess he really is Joe Namath. I guess he really does belong in the New York Jets jersey. Like, holy shit! He can't even. He, look, if Zach don't throw one pass, he needs to be in the Pro Bowl. He's gonna be voted in the Pro Bowl. I promise you. Zach Wilson gonna get voted in the Pro Bowl no matter fucking what he did. That's my. That's yeah, my wild well, the, take. The, the, the He's thing going. The, the, yeah, but it's not fan voted. It's it's it's. You think they would vote him into the Pro Bowl just because of this? Do you not understand how many scumbags are in the media? <laughs> Do you not understand how many scumbags are out there in the media? Oh, that boy. He'll make it as, a, as an alternative or some shit. He's going to be the goddamn backup. He's going to be the number two quarterback. He's going to get in the second quarter. <laughs> Oh my god, bro! Just listening to the story, just looking at it, going like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Man? That's how I was Are looking, you? just like this. I was looking just like this. <laughs> just like, hey, that Cerna shit must have really sent us into a really different fucking multiverse. Because what the fuck is this? Like, what am I looking at right here, bro? I laughed at that shit for at least twenty minutes before I sent that in the group. <laughs> At least for 20 minutes. I was still shocked seeing it going like, wow, okay, well, Zach Wilson rolls. Like, and then there's the picture, or there was a meme that's been going around, or like a GIF or a video or whatever going around and said that uh, uh, Zach Wilson's mom's best friend in the locker room with the Jets. And it showed that one lady around a bunch of dudes and they're doing like a TikTok dance. I was like, oh no. Oh no! <laughs> I'll send that to you later. Off there, that shit is everywhere. Bro. <laughs> the me in my soul. Want to see what she looked like? I want to see her face. We want to see her face. <laughs> oh man! Just know that it's funny as fuck. Sorry, you got it out. Really. Um, what else happened today? Steelers Heinz Field being renamed uh, a Kreischer Stadium. Uh, oh, instead of Field. A Kreischer? I guess it's like a, a, an insurance firm. So it's no longer. It's not. Not Heinz Field no more. Nope. No more Heinz Field. No more ketchup. No more ketchup. Oh, we got buying it? It's all it's all over in Pittsburgh. No more no more ketchup in Pittsburgh. I know, but are we not buying the mustard then? The the short the shortage of ketchup is uh so bad that they had to sell the name. They just couldn't do it anymore. I'm gonna be honest, bro, when I saw this news, I was debating whether or not to even talk about it because I you know, quite frankly, uh didn't care. Um I'm not that kind of a like, oh yeah, it's been it's not like it's been Heinz Field forever. So it's just been Heinz Field for this generation. That's all it's been. And people are still going to call it Heinz Field, so it's not anything 
anything new. Yeah, it's only like ten percent. Like nobody calls. Yeah, that's like when can that's like when Candlestick for the 49ers, when they changed their name, the stadium name to Monster Park for that like one year before they went back to Candlestick. Like yeah, it's the same thing. And they might probably go back to Heinz Field, you know, again later on, you know. But this was nothing that was really all that crazy. The Brittany Griner thing, though. You want to talk about crazy? She pleaded guilty and is now facing 10 years in a Russian prison in hopes of a prisoner exchange negotiation by the United States and Russia. And given the current state, of the country right now. Uh, this is going to get worse before it gets any better. Um, the WNBA, uh, obviously, Brittany Griner has been, you know, on the WNBA's mind. They made her an honorary starter uh, in the All Star game. Um, but yeah, just seeing it going like ten years in a Russian prison for an American. Uh, it's it's not going to be good. It's not going to be good at all for her. Like, at all. This is something like... And I wanted to present this argument to you and see what you thought. Because my initial thought about it was, yes, but then I thought about it going, that's kind of unfair. Yeah, but... People are making the comparison that if it was LeBron, they'd have had him home by now. Now, the first part of me goes, you're absolutely right. They would have had his ass on a plane, you know, a couple of days after the fact. But then another part of me goes like, well, that's assuming that LeBron James would be in that situation to begin with. Like, does LeBron James seem like the kind of guy who needs hash cartridges? You know, this shit, this stuff, like... No. Do you look like the type I'm, of person who does that? But that's what I'm saying. Like, it's kind of... Un- I get the comparison. And I get the, the need to want to fight to get her home. I get that. But it's kind of unfair to throw LeBron in there a little bit, isn't it? First off, this shit is complete bullshit. She ain't LeBron of the fucking WNBA. That's first. What? You ain't LeBron of the WNBA, Brittany. Uh, this is going to be triggering for some people. But go ahead, Ken. That's first. Secondly, name one LeBron scandal. Don't trip. We'll get gray before you find one. You don't have one. So, again, try another player. Um, who else you got? Like, you you, you know what I'm saying? Like, they got I, nobody to say in this fucking situation. It's more the fact of you did something dumb. Don't try to make it sexist. You fucked up, bro. You fucked up, bro. And regardless of all the fucking shit and you want motherfuckers to be accountable. Equality, I, motherfucker. Yeah, you fucked no. up. Fuck the yeah. bullshit, bro. Like, this shit's retarded. I don't like that shit. LeBron, not what? my favorite player. 
I'm not a LeBron stand. I'm not a Le- whatever the fuck they call them. Whatever they call LeBron's fans, I'm not that. Shaq was my favorite player. After that, it was D-Wade. I'm not right. a LeBron fan like that. Like, I like his game. I'm a fan of him as a person. The shit he mm. do outside of the shit, I respect and understand what he brings to the game of basketball and shit like that. But I, I'm not going to be like, he at, nah, ain't got no faults. Like, I'm not going to try that. I, I can call right. him, him. But So more of the fact of what I'm saying is, don't start fucking picking up shit that you really are not ready to fucking goddamn see what's under. You no, are right. you do something dumb. You call y'all are screaming out equal equal pay, equal pay, equal pay. You did some dumb. Bro, like right now, y'all trying to get equality and you one of their best players. You ain't LeBron, but you one of the best players in the WNBA and you doing this shit and then now you're going to try to drag the top player in the NBA in this bullshit with you? You look stupid. I, yeah, the, the when it happened, I was like, I, and again, this was not Brittany who said this. This it was, was a, I think, her coach. Or, it was her, a coach. Or, it was was a coach. coach. Okay. So it was her coach who came out and said it. So it's like, I. that's what I'm saying. Like, I empathized with the frustration to get her home. And it, it does seem like our government's kind of turtle walking this shit. Like it does seem like there's a, a lack of, you know, Russia's at war urgency. Right now. No, Russia's it, at war. You want exactly. them to do some diplomatic what? shit when they're at war? <laughs> I mean, we when you get down to the truth of the people, like honestly, like when you look, we are not saying she's not in a like fucked up situation. She should, you know, be able to come back home. And if the, it's the, yeah, no, absolutely, but. You have to you have to hold yourself accountable. I mean, she went and said she inadvertently packed it, which means it was probably underneath, you know, a thing of clothes or whatever. Maybe she scooped it on accident in a kit. That is possible. That is something that is, you know, could happen. I remember I've done, you know, where I packed some stuff or I oh, I didn't even know I packed that. Maybe I just grabbed it, you know, with everything else. That is very, very possible that that happened. But you have to know, if you are going to a foreign country, our rules here in the States do not apply. We cannot act like just because we are American, we can fucking do whatever it is we want internationally without consequences. Bro, that is the, the that's a huge problem. The oh, I'm in jail. Like oh, I get oh, I just call the embassy. It's legal in the states, so when I get transferred over, that well, you gotta understand when you're talking about a prisoner exchange. Usually, the prisoners that we have from those countries are very, very violent, bad people. So we'd have to exchange. That menace to society for you who got busted for weed in a foreign country. This is this is a case of you got entirely too fucking comfortable. Because there's no way. Is I, I I seriously don't believe Britney is stupid. You get what I'm saying? Like I don't think so either. I don't. Yeah, no. I think she's smarter than that. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no way. So I feel like this was just, you got entirely too fucking comfortable. That's the only thing I can give you. Because you fucked up. 
Like, one thing you got to understand, all right, you know you got to go overseas to get more money to play ball, right? One thing you also have to realize, Russia's at fucking war. <laughs> going to Russia. You did this during a time when Russia was invading Ukraine. And on, even, even if that wasn't the case, it's fucking Russia. <laughs> Vladimir Putin in fucking Russia. You think they don't know that there's an American on their fucking soil at all times, especially a well-known one that makes a lot of money? You think they don't have eyes on you? That they're not trying to get you for something? Bro. Well, you're in a you're in a Russian prison slash judicial system going through this. Even if they planted it, it doesn't matter. You have no way of proving it. And you and it and, and even if you did, again, this is the Russian government. They don't give a fuck. They don't go by our rules. They go by Vladimir Putin's rules. Whatever Vladdy say goes. And if he wants to keep her, hey, we might be able to use her as some as a negotiation tool. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on to her. Hold on. As soon as he says that, it's happening. You know, so it's like, look, again, again, if there's people who are going to fucking watch this and be like, oh, you, know, you guys are you know, going to Britney and this. Look. You fucked up. You made a mistake. You owned up for that. Yeah, obviously. Do we want you home? Yes. We're not going to sit here and say, oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, she should be in a Russian prison for 10 years, oh, stuff, especially during wartime. Like, no, I mean, nah. Like, I do I want her home? Sure. But you got to be accountable. You got to be, yeah, no, I fucked up. Like, the, you have to be able to. And you also have to tell your circle to shut the fuck up, like your head that, coach. That as well. Because your head coach come out and say some dumbass shit like what she said. Like you out of like you mean to tell me you work for Stop. the WNBA <laughs> and the first motherfucker you called was LeBron. And you didn't think the world whole country was like, this nigga is the one you called, the one that's open the school for kids, the one that's a great father. We watch his both of his kids play basketball. We watch his daughter on YouTube. Like we watch you're, his whole family. You going to you gonna call him? Him? Oh, you, you were talking about the face of the league that is. Well, at least for the last. Truth is, the NBA has been funding the WNBA. So let's not act like that's not a thing. And you're going after the face of the NBA for the last twenty years. The face of the NBA. That's who you went after. Right, in on. comparison for this whole thing. Like I do, like you said, Brittany needs to go up and tell everyone, hey, if you're going to be talking out of passion and stuff like that on my behalf, just shut up. If you're not going to be thinking logically about what you're saying, if it's not effort to get me back home instead of just bitching and moaning and making an excuse to say, oh, well, if it was this, they would have done, if it was stop playing the blame game and all that other stuff. If it's going to be that, just shut the fuck up. I don't, you're not helping me at all by doing that. If it's going to be something to benefit the whole thing, cool. Go ahead, you know, let's talk about it. Let's get to the set. Let's figure out a way to get her home. But to sit there and go like, oh, well, 
this would if, if it was this person, if it was this person, you don't know that. First of all, and you got to look at all the circumstances. Sitting there and playing the blame game is not going to help you. I mean, it all comes down to who 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 calls the shots. Like to be all the way honest, bro. Like, how do you feel like you're gonna get leniency with a motherfucker like that? Like, you don't. Like, that's that's why I'm going this hard. Like, you should be more cautious with yourself. Like, to be all the way honest, I get that mistakes happen, but fucking realistically, you should have went through every goddamn pocket before you pack some shit. If you know you smoke weed and you're going to fucking Russia. That would be the first thing on my mind. I'm not trying to go to a Russian jail, bro. Period. Yep. Need I to make like, sure that my bag is clean. I am a fucking tall, lesbian, black woman. I do not need to go to fucking Russian jail. At absolutely no circumstance I need to be in a Russian jail. So I need to be cautious with my life. With my life. So I have to do certain things to protect myself. I understand the sentiment of the coach, wrong person. That's what makes you look like a dumbass. So I like, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you, you turn the whole fucking me- the, the whole means of the fucking goddamn argument. Yes, the motherfucker should win and goddamn got Brady. I agree, they, but the people that's in power to able to do that, they don't give a fuck. That's all that shit boils down to. They don't care. Yeah, because you really gotta look because because to get mad at our government for lack of effort, is failure to understand that there's a second side who needs to agree to this. And if, like Kay said, if Vladdy says no, it's no. And there's nothing that we can do about it because the law was broken in their borders. And we have no extraditing agreement with them. It literally has to be a prisoner swap. You we're like we're talking about you know guys that we're enemies with you know for a while. And it, it's it's failure to really understand the bigger picture of this whole thing. And you don't make yourself look any better when you start doing things like that. You know, I don't even care if it was if it was a lesser player in the league or just the fact that you're comparing any, but like, oh, if they, it's it's ignorance, it's a lack of understanding. You don't really know what the hell is going on because if you did, you wouldn't have made this comment. You wouldn't have said this if you really, really understood what was going on. If you really understood how complicated. It actually is. And then again, the failure to recognize and hold Brittany Griner accountable for the mistake. We can forgive her for the mistake, but nonetheless, she can't atone for those mistakes here because it didn't happen here. If it was here, slap on the fucking wrist, fine. Let's go Phoenix. We're out. The, we're out the door. Yeah, let's go Phoenix. But a foreign country, Russia. It's a different conversation, guys. It's a different conversation, and it's not an easy one. 
it is it, it, it is something you literally there is a lot of blaming it and i'm going to be honest like i said it is going to get worse before it's going to get any better oh god <laughs> like in all honesty bro i honestly think it's going to be a few years like maybe a year or so before they even <laughs> get things moving bro like she's going to be there for a while oh fuck like there needs to be like there needs to be a realization of the scenario that Brittany Griner may be being held in a Russian prison for a while. So especially I'm not while the conflict in Ukraine and everything is going on. I'm not you laughing think, at the situation. I'm I gotta specify this. I'm not laughing at the situation. So please continue your thought. It's like Brittany Griner being held in their prison is kind of the last thing on Russian on Russia's mind right now. Yeah. The Russian federal government, that's the that's the last thing an American got caught with it. That's their fault. Yeah, that ain't even that's nothing that we, you know that that doesn't concern us at this point in time. It'll concern us if it results in somebody that you have that we want back but other than that she's gonna do her time that's what she's you know so and even again even pleading guilty she's looking at 10 years now imagine if she would have pled not guilty and they would have found her guilty which actually i shouldn't even say if when they would have found her guilty how much longer she would have been in a Russian prison the rest of her life. Or at least as long as Vladimir Putin's in, in the office there in Russia. Look pretty healthy to me. I mean, even as old as he is, you know, he did. They look healthy. You know, even he, he, <laughs> Jesus. That's a whole nother fucking thing. We're talking about the logical senses uh, later on this week. Um, but yeah, man, just again, well, we hope she gets home. We want her home. But there needs to be the accountability and the realization of the truth of what is actually going to probably happen. Does it suck? Absolutely. But you got to really look at it. The cause and effect of everything that went down, Most and definitely. and going up, going about it by you know comparing it to if LeBron, if it would have been LeBron, somebody who was, doesn't have a fucking smear on his record, you know, to to drag try and drag him through it and everything as if he is on the same level as a Britney Griner. It, it's not. It's just not the. It's not, you know, so it, it's just, again, it's a fucked up situation, but it's a situation that is going to get better at some point, you know, at least we hope so. Um, but yeah, I want, to, I want to, uh, before you move on, I want, while we're still on this topic, when I was laughing, I read the ticker at the bottom, what you have put for uh, Zach Wilson's mom and all that stuff. That's why I laugh. I actually read the ticker. Oh, so that's <laughs> kind of why I started laughing. I was fucking 
Like, I was like, golly, this motherfucker here, man. Like, he put. <laughs> You'll see it when it comes up right <laughs> now. I know people have been reading the ticker since it came up. So if you if your mom or wife is a friend of Zach Wilson's mom, you may need to have a conversation. That shit was hilarious. I saw a meme video. It has a dude take sprinting down the road. The caption said, Tom Brady finding out Giselle is fucking Zach Wilson's mom. Or Zach Wilson's mom's friend. (coughs) That was trash. Tom Brady going over there to fucking whoop some Zach Wilson ass. That's trash. That's trash for two reasons. One, um, Tom wouldn't whoop the ass of anybody. He wouldn't be the one pulling up with the fisticuffs. That's firstly. Secondly, if anybody else heard that story or heard of that about Tom, they would offer to whoop Zach Wilson's ass. I mean, a, a multitude of receivers that he made their name. Um, and he just had a big-ass tight end that just retired. I mean, Gronk's not an aggressive person, but he is from fucking Buffalo. So <laughs> you, you kind of you got to go there and just roll the dice. <laughs> Tom Brady, hit, whatever happens to that person happens to that person, but just know that Tom Brady's hands will be clean with that entire situation. Yeah, um, rabbit hole. Yeah. Oh, like I just saw this right here um, on TMZ Sports, uh, Marion Barber, who passed away in, in June. Um, of a heat stroke. The, the coroner report said heat stroke. Yeah. Which yeah. crazy. There wasn't more to it. I tried to read the whole, like, I was reading the whole thing and it just came out that they said it was heat stroke and that um, in his will or something like that, his brain is going to be. Uh, donated to for study for cte and everything else like that to see if he had it or or anything else like that but like i said the coroner reported said heat stroke which i mean damn like that's i mean i'm glad like that he didn't take his own life because that's a lot of what a lot of cte people with cte do you know, they can't deal with it anymore and they take their own life. You know, there's been a horrible example of that throughout the years. Go look it up. Um, but for an act, like, it's, it's an accident is essentially what happened. For a young life to be taken like that, like, it's, uh, it's pretty fucked, man. Like, I know when I saw the news, too, I was like, what? Um, I was like, wow, that's not at all that's not at all what I was expecting to to hear. And I know that's kind of fucked up to say because I mean I'm I'm I'm, I'm a pessimist of certain things. Like I, I think the worst at times. You know, no fault of that person or whatever, but it's just when you see this happen to so many people so often, it's hard not to go to that direction. It's hard not to think that. So when you see something like this and when you see the actual result of what it is, man, that's when, especially when I saw it, I was like, damn, now, like, the sympathy is even more, like, even more so because it was a complete accident. You know, it's just, it's not, like, 
in any other situation, we'd be like, man, you know, got to make better decisions or this, this, and that. You got to do this. You got, but this was not one of those situations. This is one of those situations we really look at. It. It's an accident. It's a young life gone too soon. And um, once again, rest in peace to, to Mary and Barbara. And on to more lighter news. Uh, John Morant said he would be able to cook Michael Jordan. I can see it. What? I can see it. Prime Jordan. I can see it. What's the problem with that? Okay, you need to explain yourself. How? I, I, I need y'all to, like, I wasn't alive for all the Jordan shit. You feel me? Like, I had to go back and watch highlights. I was, I Ninety-six, I was six. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> All right, let's just say it like that. Ninety-six, I was six years old. So cognitively watching basketball for two years. <laughs> Maybe two. You get what I'm saying? And that's a reach. You get what I'm saying? And Jordan was nice, but I also look at – I played basketball. It is a team game. Yeah. Like, they – it's like you – you sit here and just diminish everybody on the team to elevate Jordan. Like, Jordan was nice, bro. Like, he was great. He was the leader of that team. He was amazing. He was high-level athletic. You know what I'm saying? He was a very smart player. He was a defender like a motherfucker. That, but, see, that's where I say, like, if it comes to a one-on-one -on -one scenario, like, we're not talking about comparing, like, you know, championships and the, the who's the greatest. We're talking about a one-on-one -on -one battle. Between John Morant and Michael Jordan. And that's what because I'm of the fact that Michael Jordan can literally score anywhere at any time, whenever, however he wants to. And the fact that he was an elite defender. Yeah. Defensive player of the year, all defensive team, first team, multiple times. Like huh. we I mean we talk about like, oh, LeBron's a great all-around player. Michael Jordan was an insanely, like, the greatest two-way player of all time. You know, some people would say because I don't remember LeBron. I know you know on that many or getting Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, and I don't remember did. that shit happening. He didn't because, because he had to carry more of a load than Jordan. Like people, he still takes more of the load on the offensive side. He was more like he was, he was the big more. guy that can score and that can do the assists. LeBron had to scare care more of a team load on teams than Jordan. That did. Also, that's well, that's, that's also the true. problem. Like people continue to sit here. People that talk shit about LeBron, they always like, oh, he whines, he this, and I'm like, well, what about him carrying shitty teams? I mean, what can you like if you're if hey, you're sport? Oh. Kobe was Kobe was just as pissed off when he was on the shitty team too, bro. Kobe didn't make he the walked out of practice consecutive years, and he asked for a trade. He was about to yeah. leave the Lakers, bro. Like he asked for a trade. Kobe has not been able, like, no disrespect to the dead, but this is the reality of it. I have yet to see Kobe elevate a shitty team in his entire career that I've seen. Let's say that I've seen because. In the beginning, I wasn't watching much Laker ball until it really got Shaq. You get what I'm saying? Which was kind of – I mean, like you said, you can make a case 
there has never truly been a player who can singularly do it by himself. Might have been Kareem. That might it, it, when you was with Milwaukee. But probably not, because I'm pretty sure he was with Oscar Robertson All right. when he first got there. All right. All right. All right. We good. We good now. Continue. Yeah, so um it's like I, I don't I don't think you can name one, honestly, even from Jordan, LeBron, Kobe, any of them. Like LeBron probably got the closest. You know, taking that shitty ass Cavs team all the way to the finals. They didn't win it, but nah, you know, taking them all the way to the finals. Kobe cool. never even sniffed the playoffs when he had a shitty team around him. All right, we got it. We got a BE. We got a we got Trey Jordan. Oh. Jordan Jordan got to the playoffs. He was just getting knocked out. He wasn't even making it to the finals in those early years before he really got, you know, Pippen and everybody to join him. That shit crazy. You know, he carried, the, you know, in the early 80s and stuff like that, when he got drafted, he carried the Bulls a lot of those seasons. You know, but he they never, you know, they never got to the finals. It's one of they Every single player needs needs help. You know, every player needs help. There is yet to be one person to do it all by himself. But when you're talking about a one-on-one situation, I get the athleticism of John Moran, but his defense is it his defense is not great. I mean, he's it's good, but it's not Michael Jordan good. It's not Michael Jordan great. And honestly, John Morant's defense, Michael Jordan picked that shit apart. No problem whatsoever. Back him down, you know, the whole entire time, just absolutely punishing him down low and everything like that. And his defense, he's going to take advantage of the fact that Ja plays too fast. Like he, He's kind of got that Westbrook syndrome. He plays too fast um, for his own good sometimes. I got to stop you. I got to stop you, Coach. I have to stop you here, Coach. Yeah. I will not. I will not. I shall not. I, shall not. I was the person. I was the person, people, that was like, Tyler Hero is better than him. I was the guy. I came out and told you I was wrong. <laughs> that Tyler Hero is better than Ja? Bro, when they were rookies together, they were rookies together. Remember, they were both up for rookie of the year, and I was like, that's some bullshit. They gave it to Ja because he's the starting point guard, and the motherfuckers ain't got shit in Memphis, and he's on Miami in the system. And he's fucking hooping and shit like that. That was just only a few years, a couple years ago. I was like, the baby goat, I was going crazy. Like, that was was what I was for. Because of that argument you just made right there, that further tells me he has no chance against Michael Jordan. No, that's when he was a rookie. Jordan as a rookie, if we were to do like. This was his second year. This was year two. No, what I said was that was rookie of the year I was arguing for. Rookie of the year because Tyler Hero was whooping like a motherfucker the first year after fucking he got done this season season too. He got six man of the year this year. Well, yeah, but I'm I, that's not that's really not my point. I've still said that I was wrong about job being a lesser than Tyler Hero. I was oh, wrong. okay. That's you know what I'm saying? I said that I was wrong about that. The their second year. This is the third year, actually. This is the third year. I think so. 
Yeah, yeah, no, this is their third year. No, 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 no. Third year. This they was played, John, this was John. And they played last year. Bubble year was their rookie year. That was two years ago. Was it really? Yeah. Yeah, that's when that's when Miami played uh the Lakers in the finals. And Tyler Hero did that whole uh, oh, he did. Uh, okay. That's when he did that was his rookie year. Oh, okay. Okay. That's yeah, why that that's why I'm like, what like he's the main part of the Miami Heat. That's why I was making the argument. But then I like I said, I came out the next year and I started watching more games of Ja. And I was like, I was wrong. Like I understand what he brings to Memphis, why Memphis is in the position they're in and stuff like that. But that's what my point is. Yeah, Jordan with the ball is gonna kill Ja. He ain't gonna have no choice. He ain't gonna have nothing for Jordan, right? If it's make it, take it, Ja lost. If they alternate. It might get a little good because the fact of Jai is athletic. He does not have the Westbrook syndrome. I mean Westbrook. I'm so sorry. I don't. I don't even do that shit. At maximum, Westbrook. I'm. He's at very maximum. Jai loses by four points. You said maximum. That's fair. Maximum four. He, yeah. he loses by. He loses by four or more. He doesn't get any closer. Nah, I can't go more. I say four because of because. Because of the fact that Jordan's defense is going to clamp him down. Bro, I'm telling you how fast Jai is. And, like, they don't play as much defense as Jordan did back then. But Jai is really – he's really athletic. You get what I'm saying? And he had to play yeah, but in a, basketball in South Carolina, bro. Yeah, but in a, in a one-on-one situation, he's not going to be able to build that speed like he would on a fast break or while he's slashing into the hole. He don't have to be. You know, trying to. He didn't have. Well, he. I'm just man. saying, in a one-on situation, he's gonna have Jordan all up in his face immediately. And I don't. I don't. I just don't see it. I don't, again, I don't think Ja comes within four. Ever like throughout the whole thing, like he would be. He would lose by four or more. Nah, whatever know. it is that they go to, that's what I would say. I'd say four or less for sure. If he lose, but I, I don't. Like I said, I. I I don't. Be it's, it's, it's a fair argument. It's a fair because Jit nice like that. Like Jit really that good. He, he's just not as good, but no, nah, bro, you tripping? Like that's why I was saying, like this whole Jokic him getting back to back MVPs is bullshit. Like they really could have, they could have picked Curry, they could have picked Ja, they could have picked. Uh, Curry Luke. was on. Curry was on the way to doing it until he got hurt later on in the year, where he had to miss like 15, 20 games. But that's that's what I'm saying. I'm like they they could have picked a few different people than they picked Jokic. I think it should have gone to a B, to be honest with you. And B was hooping this year for sure. He had crazy numbers, and Giannis had crazy numbers again. Like I'm saying, it's like you could have picked a whole bunch of different people than Jokic. Jokic hooped out, but like, come on, bro. You know what I'm saying? It came down to Giannis, uh, Embiid, and uh, Jokic, and it's like you give it to Jokic again. Why? Like. Like, why do you give it to Jokic again? He got way more help than, you know what I'm saying, than an MB does. Like, MB got players, like, but, like, they playing good over there in, uh, as a unit over here in fucking Denver, bro. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm out there thinking about that shit wrong. No, no, no. I mean, you're not, you're not wrong about it. I'm just saying, like, John made a, made a case for himself especially this year to be at least in the the top five conversation um, of MVP throughout there. Cause we were even talking about it on here. There's a possibility. I was like, damn, the way Jaws play, playing right now, like, dude, he, he can, he can be that guy. 
Um, you know, to win the MVP. But I mean, it just it didn't happen that way. Injuries, things happen. You know, all that other kind of stuff. But nonetheless, you know, I think one on one. Me personally, I think one on one, it wouldn't even be close. MJ would handle it, and I think he would actually clown him a little bit as well. Um, but that's just me. That's just me. Um, but uh, before we get out of here, we appreciate you guys uh, hanging out with us. Matt Ryan, the voice of the A7FL. Uh, appreciate him coming in, hanging out with us, uh, having a conversation about the game. Congratulations to the Trenton BIC, the 2022 A7FL champions. On to next year. Uh, we'll have more information about investment opportunities and everything else like that when it comes to uh, like Northern California. Again, we want to bring the A7FL to Northern California um, to be able to get another football league into this area because we know Northern California is a big uh, football-driven uh, area, especially in Sacramento, Oakland, um, I mean, Oakland, especially, you know, San Jose, San Francisco, the main hubs around there. North, yeah, he said Stockton. Uh, what what was the team, team name he the, said if Stockton the, got a team? The Stockton Slaps. Stockton Slaps. There you go. So we need to, we need to help make Matt Ryan's dream come true and have his favorite, favorite team come to fruition. Let's get the Stockton Slaps in there. Let's get a football team for Sacramento. Let's get hey, another – let's get a football team back in Oakland. Him. You know we got to go talk to, right? You don't know who we got to talk to for the Stockton Slaps? Oh. I you that. just got it right now. Yeah. What's up, coach? We got a proposition for you, my guy. What? <laughs> no. You still don't know? Nick Diaz, dude. The Diaz brothers. The Stockton slap, bro. That's why he's saying that. <laughs> I said Nick, Nate Diaz. I'm sorry. Either one of them. Yeah, bro. You you tripping on that one. <laughs> my thought process, when he says slaps, my mind went to music for some reason. Oh, my God. I, do, I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. My mind went straight oh, to music. The Bay Area. So now, Makes makes perfect sense now. Anyways, we need to make that a a, a reality. Um, we want to bring A7FL here to Northern California. Uh, help us make that uh, dream come true. Again, we believe in where it's going to go. We see the potential in it and uh, the fun in it and the, the community and everything that it brings together. It's going to be something that uh, I think everybody's going to love and enjoy. Um, not just being a part of, but being able to watch on national television and be able to uh, bring the trophy home here to the West Coast instead of it staying over there on the East. Um, so, again, Matt Ryan, uh, appreciate you for hanging out with us. Um, for Ray's Energy, Mountain Mike's, Popple, Groundbreaking Enterprises, uh, Gunner Sports, DVD, we love you guys from uh, myself, JP, from the 610 Beast, from the Southeast, Mr. Country K. We will see you guys on Wednesday. Deuces. Uh, well.